Hey, this is Steve Wright from the Potter Than Hell podcast, and you are listening to Steve and Michael on the Growing Up Rock podcast. Steve Wright, welcome to the show. What's going on, my friend? Hey, thanks, Steven. Uh, not much, just uh, hanging out, talking to you tonight, and uh, enjoying the nice weather that we're getting up here. Awesome, awesome. We're going to get into a little rock and roll conversation with you, huh? Sounds good. Sounds good. Love talking rock and roll. That's what we're talking about. So, um, how's everything going with the Potter and Hell podcast? You guys doing well? You and BC are uh, sharing your rock and roll stories with the world, I see. Everything's great. Yeah, we've had uh, we had some great guests. We had your awesome co-host, Sonny Pooney. And just to set the record straight, he is your co-host. <laughs> he is... Uh, He's our special guest host at times, so I didn't, you know, I don't want you to call me out again. <laughs> he does an awesome, awesome job on our podcast. I can't say enough good about Sonny. He's an awesome guy. We got to hang with him and you, and uh, you know, guys from Podcast Rock City and everything down in uh, Nashville at the Rock and Pod Expo. We love Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, so tell us what uh, what story uh, are you going to share with us today? What are we going to talk about? Your youth, or, or are we going to talk about your adult years? What are we What are we going to talk about as far as rock and roll stories go for you today? I'm going to give you my first um, my first kiss story. Um, we kind of touched on it on, on our on our first episode, but I think it's actually pretty cool because it shows. Um, and this was back in 1976. So this shows actually even back then how cool our fellow Kiss fans are. Well, is now is Kiss your favorite band? I'd say yeah. They're the band that I you know that I always go back to. Um, I kind of slacked off in the the mid 80s, like uh, you know between Asylum and Crazy Nights. Crazy Nights kind of yeah. kind of wasn't great, and I kind of slacked off around the Elder and stuff, but. Um, you know they're they're the band you always come back to. I'm I'm not a huge fan of uh, Crazy Nights at all. I like a lot of the other stuff, uh, Asylum and all that stuff was fine, but not a big fan of Crazy Nights. And um, uh, you guys, you know the Potter and Hell uh, podcast. You guys cover a lot of stuff, so it's definitely not a, a Kiss podcast. Uh, although I probably Potter than Hell throws a few people off, but. Yeah, I, I'm sure it does. And, you know, we're not, uh, you know, ashamed to be associated with KISS. Um, but when we came up for the name for the podcast, we were kicking, a, you know, a bunch of different ones around. And and that was the one that we kept coming back to. You know, we kept discussing, you know, they're going to think it's a KISS podcast. I said, well, I don't mind being associated with KISS, even though we try to, you know, we'll do a couple episodes, then we'll do a KISS episode. And then we'll and, you know, if you listen to our podcast, we, we always mention KISS in like every podcast and. Um, Dylan is our producer that is my son and um, he always says oh well you know it only took you two minutes to mention Kiss you know and he always you know yeah. goes back and forth so it's uh, you know we love them they're awesome cool so now in 76 uh, is that when you first started getting into Kiss around 76 yeah yeah um, how old were you then I was eight years old okay so in, you started getting in into rock and roll at a really early early age yeah yeah, there was always music playing at my house. My parents had uh, like some old Elvis records and stuff, and they had, I think it was Aloha from Hawaii, and um, I played the hell out of that album, just like the, you know, hey, Elvis is the king, you know? Yeah, and, no doubt. Um, and I always liked music, and there was always, the radio was on in the car, and, you know, and at, at that time in your life, you're not really, you know, you knew a couple names of people, you know, but you didn't really listen to anything, but... um the one day we went to my buddy's house and um, 
He had an older brother that was, uh, you know, kind of like a badass, um, you, you could say. I mean, even though we didn't have that term back then, but, you know, looking back on it, that's he, what he was. I he mean, was the tough kid in the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, he was his his name was J.D. and he was named his name was James Dean Peregrine. So he was J.D. Hey, so, hey did he roll cigarettes up in his sleeve? I don't know. He may have rolled some other kind of cigarettes. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we were up to his house, and uh, we went in his room. We were snooping around, and uh, my buddy Shane, his brother, was checking out like his models and stuff. And I went right for the record collection. I was thumbing through, and nothing really grabbed my eye until uh, I saw Kiss Destroyer. I was like, "Holy crap! What is, you know? What is this?" He goes, "Oh, you know, it's band my brother listens to." You know, I said, "Can we put it on?" He said, "Yeah, sure." So. You know, you put it on and um, side one, Detroit Rock City, and, you know, you hear the the car keys and, the you know, the dishwater and all that stuff, you know. And, and I didn't even know what, what the hell that stuff was then, you know. Right. So I'm listening to him like, wow, you know, okay, he's definitely getting in a car and he's driving along and you could hear rock and roll all night. And, uh, you know, I didn't know what the song that was either. Right. And then the chorus for Detroit Rock City started and it was like that moment where the lights shines down on you and the angels – you know, I'll give you the oh kind of thing. And um, I was just transfixed. Like you you probably could have just like hit me over the head with a two by four and I wouldn't have known it. And um, so we got through Detroit Rock City and maybe about halfway through um, King of the Nighttime World. Boom, the door slams open and, you know, his brother's there. What the hell are you guys doing? And then we're like, oh, you know, you know, you think you're going to get your ass kicked there, you know. Right. And, um, and then he stops and he goes. Because I had the album in my hand, I was, you know, I was, you know, looking at every detail in it, you know, the, the the fiery background and you know the logo and like the guys in the makeup. And he goes, oh, he goes, do you like that? And I said, oh my god, I said, you know, it's great. He goes, oh, all right. And like he totally changed his demeanor, and he was like, do you do you want me to make a copy of that for you? I'm like, you know, would you like? And he's like, yeah. So he like made a copy of it for me, like, uh, and I I played the hell out of that tape. And um, isn't and isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting the rock and roll camaraderie? Like you know, as soon as as soon as you run into somebody who 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 likes rock and roll same as as you, it's like an almost an instantaneous bond, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, you know it's it's a common bond out there. Um, I don't know how many times I'd, I'd be out, you know, shopping in Walmart or, you know, wherever, and I'd have a Kiss shirt on and someone stopped me. Oh, my God, I love those guys. And um, the greeter at Walmart the one day, he stopped. He talked to me for 20 minutes the one day. You know, my ice cream was melting in the cart. But, <laughs> you know, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't care. We were, you know, talking about Kiss and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's a, it is. It's an instant bond. So, sorry to interrupt. So he, he, oh, that's okay. he, recorded, uh, he recorded the record for you. He recorded the record and I played the hell out of it. And then um, somehow I got it on record. I don't really remember who bought it or whatever um, because it was – I'm going to say it was probably the spring of 76 because I definitely remember um, when the uh, Paul Lind special came on because my my mom knew that that I was like – I only had one album but I was a Kiss freak even then. And, um, and even to this day, my mom will call me when Kiss is coming on TV or something. Like I was working the one night, Kiss is on Dancing with the Stars, turn it on. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't even know they were going to be on. And, you know, my mom still calls me and tells me when they're on TV. Right. 
That's that's very cool. And so when you when you're listening to um, uh, the first or second pass of Destroyer and you're digging it and you're listening to Detroit Rock City and King of the Nighttime World, did you kind of at some point when you got to Great Expectations go, what the hell is this? Yeah, it was kind of like it it wasn't really fitting with the rest of the stuff out there. But, you know, you're you're a young kid and you hear the word breast in a song and you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which was kind of weird. But um, it it was different. It was like one of them moments where you're like, well, you know, OK, it, it's kind of cool. You know, and you can understand what they're singing about and stuff like that. But like I'm like, how do you go from it's just like guitars to, you know, you have like the, the church choir singing with you. Yeah, I, I don't love that song. <laughs> I could live without it myself, but I will take it over Beth any day. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm definitely not a ballad guy myself. No, I even skipped that on the tape when I first got it. So, so was it all? Um, was it all rock and roll for you at that point? Did you did you bring? Obviously, you branched out into other bands and stuff. But I mean, uh, did you seriously did that sink in at that early age, and and you started branching off into other rock bands or or what? Um, we I didn't really branch off from other bands until probably about. I'm going to say 1979 or 1980 because the 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 very next band that I remember is um, hearing Van Halen one. My buddy's um, sister had it and he said, "Oh, you got to listen to these guys." I'm like, "Well, they're not Kiss." He's like, "Well, you still got to listen to them." I'm like, "All right." So we drop the needle and you get that the you know the run with the devil the when he comes down and then it was like, "Wow." There is something out there besides Kiss, you know. It was just, uh, you know, but I mean, Kiss was still the main thing. But that, you know, opened up the world to other bands for me. Yeah, because I can remember being on the playground as a kid, and um, you know, all my schoolmates knew that I was a, a big Kiss fan. And BC was like two years behind me in school, and I didn't know him. And then some girl come up, hey, I know a guy that's a bigger Kiss fan than you. And um, I'm like, oh, well, take me to this kid. And it was it was BC. And I, uh, I I did tell this on our podcast, but I still think it's pretty funny. And um, I said, hey, I said, you're a bigger Kiss fan than me. And he goes, I don't like Kiss anymore. I like Cheap Trick. I was like, oh, and then I'm thinking, who the hell is Cheap Trick? And and then the and then the skies parted way and you uh, ended up getting into another band. Um, Actually, no, no, not at not at that. Not at that point. Um. Do you like Cheap Trick like, today? Yeah, oh, I do. I love Cheap Trick, absolutely. But at that point, I'm like, I'm not listening to anything but Kiss. But I didn't really have anything else to listen to besides Kiss or, you know, my parents' albums that I didn't want anything to do with anymore. Right, right, right. So what what are um, what are some of the um, like the first uh, handful of uh, hard rock bands that you got into? You mentioned Kiss. You mentioned Van Halen. What else came in those early years? Um, Kiss, uh, Motley Crue, we had uh, Too Fast for Love when that first came out. Um, not the the original one that they they did, but the uh, lecture release, that one. Um, Iron Maiden, the first Ma- Iron Maiden one that I had was um, made in Japan. Um, we had a, a, a record store. We used to, me and my two buddies, my buddy Rob, my buddy Chris, we used to take the bus to Scranton, Pennsylvania, which is about probably about 15 miles from where we live. So we get on the, the public transportation every Saturday. We had paper routes. 
we'd finish our paper routes and then we'd go get the bus first thing in the morning and go to Scranton and go to a couple record stores down there. And, you know, and that was a point where you're, you're judging the book by its cover. If we saw a cool album cover, we're buying it, right. you know, and, and very few times did something suck that we bought. I remember my buddy bought Laws Rocket one day and it was, I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> you know, it was terrible. I thought, but you know, we picked up like, uh, Y&T, Mean Streak like that, um, Black Tiger, um, you know, a lot of different cool stuff. Judas Priest, actually, I read about Judas Priest in a magazine, and um, one thing that stuck in my mind was Robert Halford, they were talking about him driving the Harley on stage, and he said, you know, I'm going to try something different one of these days, I'm going to drive like a big snow plow on stage, <laughs> and I thought, wow, that guy's like pretty crazy, and I'm um, thinking, who would drive a snow plow on stage, and I could just picture him one of the Pennsylvania state snow plows they're the big yellow trucks and I could picture him coming on the stage on the snow plow I could always picture that and um, I picked up Unleashed in the East and that was my first Priest album and it was just it just blew me away oh that's such a killer live record man that is great I wore that thing out when I was younger absolutely and it's even better now because they have the extra songs on there right yeah that's the Breaker and uh, uh Delivering the Goods is on there, too. It's really cool with the extended version. That's right. And I just uh, just downloaded the, the uh, newer version not too long ago. So, yeah, you're you're right. What's what's one of your favorite? Uh, you got a favorite song on that record? I love uh, Genocide on there. That's a great song, man. I love Genocide on there. That is just great. And um, that's another album you can put on any time and just listen to all the way through. And you do not have to skip a song. I think one of my favorite songs off that record is... Um, uh, Tyrant. I love Tyrant. Tyrant's great, too. Yeah, they're like right back-to-back, those two songs. Yeah, Tyrant and Exciter. Stand up for Exciter. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. That was Because we actually saw them do Exciter. I think on uh, Angel Retribution Tour, I think they brought Exciter back out and they did that line. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. What, um, uh, you've been to a lot of shows, right? You guys get a lot of concerts uh, up in that area. Um, yeah, we... We do. We were we're kind of fortunate. We're probably equidistant from Philadelphia and New York City. And um, so there's a lot of shows in Philly. There's a lot of shows in New York. Plus, there's um, a couple of venues near us. There's a casino that there's a lot of shows at, the Sands Casino in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Penn's Peak in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. So, you know, we see a lot of shows. We saw Quiet Riot in Black and Blue two weeks ago at Penn's Peak. We've seen Ted Nugent there. Queensryche, uh, Warren, and, you know, we've seen Warrant and Firehouse and, I don't know, Trickster and that whole group of bands, the L.A. Guns, that they all play together. We've seen them dozens of times up here. And the band we've probably seen the most up here is Kicks. Kicks played everywhere with everybody up here. And I love they were- that band. Man, that band is so damn good live. They are. They're, they're, they're a fantastic band. They play the M3 Festival every year that we've... Uh, BC and I are... Well, we have a group of buddies that go every year, but it, it's kind of some guys are into some guys are out. But BC and I are the only two that have gone all nine years so far for it. And um, we're, you know, nothing against kicks, but we're kind of kicked out because they play every uh, Friday night at that festival. Yeah. Love that. But, you know, we just watch a couple songs and then we go, go back to the hotel and, and, and party some more. But um, kicks is great. Always an awesome live band. The best time I've ever seen them, they played at a, a, an amusement park by us. Uh, Rocky Glen, it was called. And it was a small 
I don't even know. You wouldn't even call it. It was like a dance hall at a, at a Wild West themed um, amusement park. And it was for the Midnight Dynamite tour. And they had the, the big uh, like Kenworth style truck as the drum riser. And he came out with the, uh, the stick of dynamite microphone with the fuse burning at the beginning of the show. It was just great. Yeah, I saw him on that tour too, but I saw him before that record got any kind of recognition and, and uh, down south and uh, um, uh, some friends of mine, their band opened up for him and, and uh, all those guys came back to the band house uh, after the gig and sat around and drank beer with us. That's cool. <laughs> Very cool. I'll never forget it. I got. I still have a picture of of myself and and Steve Whiteman, and um, he's he's opening up his 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 uh, jacket like uh, displaying a bunch of watches. Only he's displaying a Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty. She drank my beer. She drank my whiskey. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, they were super cool. They were super cool to us and, and just, uh, you know, basically hung out and uh, shot the shit at the band house, which was really, That's, really cool. Yeah, they seem like they'd be a cool bunch of guys to hang out with. Uh, for sure. So what's probably what's probably the best concert you've seen of your of your youth, you think? Uh, like um, uh, 20, you know, before before you turned 21, what was the best concert you saw? Um, before I turned 21, actually, and before and after, it's hands down, uh, David Lee Roth, Eat Him and Smile Tour. Wow. Yeah, I saw that tour. Was uh, Cinderella Great. opening? Great show. Yep. Uh, no, no. Tesla opened up that show that we saw. Ah. Uh, Andy, Andy Summers, I think the guy, the guitar, and, no, Andy Taylor, I'm sorry, the guitar player for Duran Duran had an album, had a solo album out at that time, and he was supposed to be the opening band. Something happened where he canceled, and Tesla was the opening band. And uh, Mechanical Resonance was like it was out, but it wasn't like out in our area for some reason. And um, I remember standing in line. It was like the the middle of January. It was like five degrees out, and the line was around the building. Some dude was passed out drunk in the snowbank on the side of the road. And um, you know, and everybody's talking in line. Oh, you know, someone said oh yeah i wonder how andy taylor is going to be you know duran duran sucks and all that conversation started someone says he's not even playing some you know they couldn't even pronounce it telsa or tesla or something's playing and uh so it was like oh okay you know we'll check them out and i'll tell you what they opened up with uh coming at you live and they did the dual guitar back and forth in the beginning and they had the they they kicked ass they just they were great i was like holy shit and then um you know, Dave came out after that, and that was hands down the best show that I've ever seen. Yeah, so definitely a pretty fair, a pretty damn good trade, uh, Andy Taylor, and you get Tesla instead of Andy Oh, Taylor. absolutely. That's and, a you good know, see them on their first tour. That's a good trade. I saw them in a nightclub on uh, on their first tour, um, not long after Mechanical Resonance was uh, um, was released, and uh, just like you said, man, they opened up with uh, Coming At You Live, and they were. They were so good. They're probably still today one of my one of my favorite bands just because they're just I they're I great. love their music. You know? Yeah, but you know what? Now they do coming at you live acoustic. Yeah, I know. And that's uh, my son Dylan's favorite song, and he's seen them twice, and both times they've done it acoustic, and he's like, I want to hear that song live. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. I don't. I mean, not you. not acoustic, yeah. And um, but you know. I'm gonna. We can uh, only pick the set list for the bands we like. Yeah, no doubt. And I saw I saw the Eat 'Em and Smile tour as well, and and probably that was one of the, 
if not the probably the loudest concert I've ever seen. Oh, really? It was so dang loud. Man, yeah, my, I, my my ears were ringing for two days after that show. Yeah, there there's very few shows that I remember loud, uh, you know, loudness wise. And um, the A show that I was at last week, that was definitely one of the loudest I'd been to in a long time. Um, Slaughter played last year, and they were, you know, you know, they say you're too loud. If it's too loud, you're too old. But this was too loud to the point where it affected how they sounded. Yeah. If it's loud and really loud, I don't care. But it, it sounded – it didn't sound good. It was just too – you get that fuzz kind of sound. And uh, and I thought that was a little too loud for that. If they if they turned it down a little bit, it would have been a little more of a crisp sound. It would have been a lot better. But like – because we I saw Ace last week and he had such a clean sound to his guitar. And you, you didn't mind it. But like you come out and your head is just ringing. I know exactly what you're saying and 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 – Guess what, Steve? We we are actually too old, but um, <laughs> but that's beside. That's what my the, wife keeps telling me. That's beside the point. That's why I wear earplugs these days. <laughs> but that concert was uh, loud. It was David Lee Roth and Cinderella, and it was a killer show too. So, yeah, Cinderella is always a good show too. I think they had moved on to Long Cold Winter by then, but I can't remember for sure whether that was still the yeah. first record. The year I saw Cinderella with David Lee Roth was. Um, heartbreak station they were they were on that tour tour and i think dave was um little little ain't enough well killer man um i appreciate you spending a little bit of time and uh doing this time capsule with me man that's that's great um what do you uh what do you want to plug uh, with your uh podcast you guys release every uh what day do you release on uh we, we release every friday at noon it's uh you can find us on itunes and youtube we're on Ear Peeler. We are on CastBox. Um, you can get us on, uh, if you have a Droid phone, whatever your app is on that phone, we are on there. Um, you can find us anywhere. Facebook is, we have a great Facebook page. We have a good base of fans that interact with us. Um, you know, check us out. What show you guys got coming up on Friday? What, what show are you releasing on Friday? Hey, we have uh, an awesome, we had our first uh, actual interview show with someone besides, uh, you know, us us crazy guys that are fans. Um, we have an episode coming out with Carl Kennedy, who is the drummer for the Rods, and he is a fantastic producer. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing that episode with you guys. That'll be great. Can't wait to hear that. So check out the Potter Than Hell podcast, along with Growing Up Rock. Anything else for our listeners? Yeah, I'd uh, just like to thank everybody for listening listening to me uh, ramble on here about some of my uh early music escapades and um tune in in a couple uh couple weeks here you're gonna hear your uh, host Stephen michael here on the potter than hell podcast that's right looking forward to being on the potter and hell podcast and talking a little rock and roll with both of you guys absolutely that's gonna do it for this week's time capsule so until next week um keep on rocking this is Stephen michael and steve wright from the potter than hell podcast peace goodbye
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 